Hello guys, Sarah here and welcome to the Life as an Experiment podcast. It's a podcast where I help you declutter emotional baggage and reclaim your power and confidence in your lives. So today we'll be talking about the different ways in which we keep ourselves small. And this applies especially to people who may want more from life and more from themselves but are hesitating and feeling like they are not stepping up that you're not living up to your maximum potential. So when you keep yourself small and invisible, it's usually characterized by a feeling that you are holding yourself back, overthinking, overplanning, um, characterized by lots of indecisiveness and lots of rationalizing when you're attempting to make decisions. A lot of trying to keep ourselves small and invisible involves not drawing attention to ourselves. Many of us do not want attention or don't try to seek attention. But when you're doing it with the sole purpose of wanting to be invisible, you got to ask yourselves if it's because you're coming from a place of low self-worth where you are blocking yourself from really reaching your potential and living the life you want to, or you really honestly do not want the attention because you just do not like attention right? So it's always good to identify the ways in which we keep ourselves small and be aware when we are getting into the pattern of doing that. So here are some ways in which we keep ourselves small and invisible. Firstly, we stay in jobs which do not bring out our potential, where the workplaces actually are toxic and you don't feel like you are growing. Alright, so you may feel stagnant and you probably don't feel very happy where you are. Yet, you keep rationalizing or giving yourself reasons as to why you should stay on longer. You know you should move, but you don't take much action. Alright, so you do know that the place that you are in makes you really, really unhappy and you actually really, really drag yourself to work. Um, and you know that you should do something about it, but you just keep putting it off. Okay, so you got to ask yourself why you continue giving, you know, yourself the reasons, you know, to stay in a place where you're unhappy in. Besides the fact that you might have financial obligations or responsibilities like family and kids, um, a lot of the time I see that people stay in jobs they don't like because of their fears. You know, they are afraid they can't find something good out there. Um, they have doubts about their capabilities, you know, so, um, you know, you find people staying in jobs and feeling disengaged and unhappy for a very, very long time. Um, I actually used to be like this, where I would actually stay in a job, you know, for many, many years and convince myself that I was actually doing something really, really special there. And really, it was just, you know, a, um, a reason that my mind actually came up with, you know, to cover up the fact that I didn't feel very confident about looking for a new job. Um, I didn't feel very confident in my capabilities for some reason, although I knew that I had strengths and talents. Um, I just couldn't really bring myself to actually, you know, go and write a, a CV or resume, post it on LinkedIn or whatever, um, and actively look for a job. You know, I always told myself that, um, I really liked the place that I worked in, although I, you know, deep down I didn't. So as a way to kind of cover up um, my low self-worth towards looking for a new job because I felt that I couldn't find anything out there and I felt that nobody would actually, you know, um, think I'm talented enough to be hired, right? And that's um, quite a sad, sad you know, uh, thing to actually do to yourself if you're actually also in the same boat because I ended up staying in that job for six years. 
um, way longer than I should have stayed. So, you know, um, this is one way in which keeping yourself small can actually manifest in your life and it can manifest in your career, which it can be quite, um, it can be quite detrimental in some ways sometimes. And secondly, you keep yourself small by maybe hiding yourself by not speaking up. Okay, so you hide your voice, you hide your thoughts, you hide your opinions, um, you don't tell people your feelings about things. Okay, you are very overly um, private and overly secretive, perhaps. And you're also overly agreeable with um, things that might make you unhappy deep down. And when asked to be honest with feedback, um, you constantly tell people that you are okay with things when actually you aren't, right? So um, I used to be in, in like that as well. I used to be in this space of keeping myself small by keeping my thoughts to myself. Um, and I still... Although I still am a rather private uh, person, um, I do think that sometimes, you know, being overly guarded about um, the different things in my life, you know, being overly guarded with my my ideas and my thoughts, and my feelings actually, you know, spelt, uh, you know, a sense of low self-worth, right? Because I didn't feel confident enough in, you know, um, telling people how I really felt or truly felt because I was so afraid of the blowback. Um, and the consequences, which is strange because usually the consequences um, at stake are not really that high. Um, but I just didn't really like people, letting people into my, my inner world and my, my inner thoughts and my feelings, right? And being so, you know, um, very overly agreeable. And this could be a part of a culture, part of the culture in which I actually come from. So um, being a yes man is actually more common than actually, you know, telling people what you really think about something because, you know, consequences sometimes can be a little bit um, severe. So, um, you know, just 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 self-censoring and telling people what they want to hear, right? But this is one way in which, you know, people usually do not, um, you know, keep themselves, as in people keep themselves small by not being honest with your thoughts and your feelings. Right, and the next um, way in which you keep yourself small is that you people please. Okay, lots of us are people pleasers. So if you think that you're a people pleaser, please do not feel like you're alone, right? Um, so how does a people pleaser work? Instead of taking care of your needs and drawing boundaries and you know, telling people what you accept, uh, what you don't and what you can't and won't do, you consistently let people cross your boundaries, you disrespect what you stand for and you smile through it, you know, you say yes, you know, okay and sure to every single request that comes your way without communicating what you really want or need. Um, or, you know, even telling people straight up that you're not okay with the requests of others. And people pleasing comes from, you know, this um, agreeability trait, which I talked about earlier, you know, being very overly agreeable, because, you know, you feel that, you know, deep down, if you're agreeable with someone, and you constantly, you know, look like you're on the same side as someone, um, you know, um, it makes you feel good, you know, it makes you feel as if, you know, you don't really have to own up to to the consequences, right? Um, People pleasing is something that actually starts from childhood for many of us. And um, it starts from, you know, trying to people please our parents and people please, you know, um, people of authority like teachers as well. And um, also being in a culture or being in an environment where you're not really encouraged to speak up or you're not really encouraged to assert yourself and your individuality. And um, it's also, you know, brought about by an environment where, you know, you're not really supported when you are, you know, being yourself. And um, there's a lot of um, severe consequences and punishment for people trying to be themselves. So 
there are many, many reasons why people people please um, and how people pleasing actually starts in childhood. But this is one example. And um, yeah, this is a topic that is worth exploring a little bit further because, you know, so many of my clients and people that I actually speak to um, suffer from the, the consequences, like effects of uh, people pleasing. So it'll be something that I will talk about in a future episode. But um yeah, it's also one way in which we keep ourselves small and which we, you know, don't, um, a way in which we don't actually try to um, live out our fullest potential. Right, and the fourth way in which we keep ourselves small is that, you know, you doubt your capabilities. Okay, this is quite a straightforward one. So you either are not too sure what your strengths are or when someone tells you what your strengths are, you straight up do not believe them. Okay, or you could be someone who is perhaps aware of your strengths but you intentionally actually keep them hidden for people because you are afraid that people will, you know, find you stupid, uh, find your strengths unworthy. You know, you don't think you are good enough to actually compete with other people. So you do not want to showcase your talent. You get very embarrassed and very uncomfortable when you have to. And, um, you know, when someone praises you or you achieve something, you actually feel a sense of shame. Okay, um, this is usually one sign that you are actually not really um, comfortable with yourself, okay, or your capabilities. So when someone comes up to you and tells you, you know, oh, you know, you write really, really well, or you look really good in this dress today, or this, this, this shirt today, or whatever it is. And if you shrink back and you, you know, immediately tell people, oh, no, 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 it's not, um, it's not nice, I don't look good. Um, etc, etc, is usually a sign that you're trying to, you know, keep yourself small by denying your capabilities. And another way in which you keep yourself small is actually you hide yourself literally by, you know, disappearing into corners um, when you when you are at events or at conferences or at networking places or parties, whatever it is. Um, you actually do, you actually, you know, um, you stay on the fringes of the gatherings, you know, uh, people are mingling around in the center or something where you're off at one corner, you know, drinking and watching everybody or, you know, trying to excuse yourself to go to the bathroom or you, you know, might not even turn up to the event or the gathering because, you know, you don't, you don't feel comfortable with yourself there, right? Um, you might take a corner seat or a seat in the back, um, during meetings or during conferences away from everyone else, hoping people wouldn't notice you. Right, and granted, you do want to do that because um, I remember, you know, someone once said that <laughs> I like to, um, you know, keep myself invisible and constantly try to hide my presence from other people. Um, it was interesting because, you know, it was from a course um, that I did a very, very long time ago and we had to write um, feedback to one another once the, the training course ended and this is what you know one of my course mates actually wrote to me and it was actually a, a you know uh, a lady which I didn't really like or get along with but um, when I thought about it and her comment after that it actually made a lot of sense you know because um, by running away from from meetups and you know trying to always be invisible in the room I as a result wasn't very present right because you can't be absent and present at the same time and you know sometimes by not showing up and not being present or visible can have you know certain um 
certain drawbacks, you know, when you're when you're actually, you know, in a certain role in your life. So for example, if you are leading a group of people or you're leading an organization and you are, you know, asked to actually um, you know, hold a meeting, chair a meeting, or you know, stand up and do a presentation, but you are, you know, constantly like trying to um hide yourself, you know, trying to like get through the slides quickly, get through the speech quickly, it actually shows up in your body language and the way you speak to people. Um, and people do notice such things, you know, it's kind of like you just give off a vibe. So for example, if you're trying to keep yourself small and invisible during a presentation, you know, you do things like, you know, trying to, um, like, uh, fidget a lot or, you know, very, uh, you have very shifty eye contact. You can't really hold eye contact with people. Um, you don't stand very straight. You don't occupy a lot of space, um, because a lot of, uh, presence and, you know, um, making ourselves visible is also, you know, in our posture and the way, you know, the, the space in which we actually occupy. So people who try to keep themselves very small are very fidgety. They, they don't seem to be able to connect with other people, you know, and um, when you're trying to get away from the room or the presentation, um, usually people can pick up on that, right? The vibes are actually quite um, strong. <laughs> yeah, so this is, you know, one way in which uh, people keep themselves small. If you're doing this often, um, you know, just, just be aware, right? And lastly, you keep yourself small by not taking up opportunities, right? So you hesitate too much, you overthink opportunities, you let them pass you by, or when you are given opportunities by other people, you self-sabotage. Okay, you literally shoot yourself in the foot, you underprepare and you lie about things, you intentionally mess up situations for yourself. Um, some of you might be thinking you know, at this point, like, why on earth would anybody do, do that? You know, why on earth would anybody actually self-sabotage? But we should not underestimate the levels at which we try to keep ourselves safe, which is essentially what keeping us small does for some of us. So, um, you know, keeping ourselves in a very safe, you know, um, stable space where we actually are not vulnerable or we don't have to be vulnerable to other people, right? Because it means, you know, keeping ourselves small, we don't have to rise up to the occasion. We don't have to stand up and take responsibility for things and for other people. You know, we don't have to be bold. We don't have to be vulnerable. We can just be invisible to other people and to ourselves, right? And the thing about, you know, being invisible and self-handicapping and keeping yourselves away from opportunities means that you can actually miss out on certain um, windows in life, you know, certain windows to doing certain things in life that you might actually want to do. So, for example... Um, you know, let's let's say, you know, let's let's talk about a career example. So for example, you're actually given a chance to present, okay, a paper at a conference, you know, it's a presentation. Um, you know, you have to get up in front of like hundred plus people in the audience to actually talk about your your paper, your findings or whatever it is. You know, and then instead of taking it up, you know, as a as a challenge, maybe you're not someone who's very comfortable with public speaking, lots of us are not. Um, instead of taking it as a challenge and as an opportunity where you can grow, um, you know, you you overthink the situation. You think about the hundreds of ways in which you will fail. Um, you know, you pass up on the opportunity, you know. And these things sometimes in life, um, some opportunities don't really come by very often. So, you know, when you don't um, respond to it and don't take it up and you are you know, you keep yourself invisible, it could mean that, you know, important opportunities could actually pass you by. And sometimes, you know, it takes a very long while to come around again, right? 
So before we end, let's um, ask ourselves, in what ways have, you know, have we been keeping ourselves small? And most importantly, why are we doing that? Is it because, you know, you fear failure? Is it because you fear success? You fear happiness? Um, a lot of keeping ourselves small has a lot to do with our self-worth and our self-esteem, right? Because like I said, you know, many times throughout the episode today, when you keep yourself small, um, you don't have to answer for a lot of things. You don't have to be responsible for things. You don't have to be vulnerable with yourself and with other people. Um, you really don't need to challenge yourself. You know, it's a very, very safe, comfortable space where, you know, yeah, you know, things can be predictable and stable, but, you know, you don't get to grow much, right? And it's also, you know, worth asking ourselves, you know, if, you know, living, you know, if you've been keeping yourself small for, you know, a greater part of your life, you know, is it worth living the way we do? And what can we possibly gain from preventing ourselves from living to our fullest potential? Because that's what keeping yourself small actually does. So if you, you know, um, are someone who has been, you know, you know, being absent from, you've been absent from opportunities and absenting yourself from, from events and things like that, or you've been keeping yourself small in the various ways um, that we've talked about in this episode, you know, do have a think about what is preventing you from stepping into your bigger shoes and, you know, from um, living your life out to its maximum potential. You know, what is keeping yourself small actually doing for you and, you know, what is it preventing or keeping you from doing? Because, you know, really at the end of the day, um, it really is preventing you from, you know, living your life out to its maximum potential. And it's worth reflecting on what that maximum potential actually looks like for you. Right. And with that, we've come to the end of the podcast. Do remember to leave a comment or get in touch with me. I love to hear from my readers and my listeners. Email me at abstractedcollective at gmail.com. That is abstract with an ED, collective. And if you like the show, do tell your friend. And please rate and review on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcast as it can help others like you find it easily. Till next time, go be your wonderful self. <laughs>